and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles Clip Show. time on the wikipedia chronicles clip show we had a really hard time (laughs) finding our way around the punch of lasers we got through four of our lists and they're out of 20 some yep we got a glossary of cricket terms man madan ambu fire strike and space gun now, Not a bad uh, collection of no. <laughs> random articles. Now, to, to do that, there. do you have a count on how many articles we went through to get that far? Okay, we're at uh, AC on the spreadsheet, so that would be 29 articles. So, from 2012 ATP China International Tennis Challenge doubles to Space Gun was 29 articles. Or, no, 28. I'm sorry. There's one ar- one column of dates. So Okay. All 28 right. articles. 28 to 4 is our current ratio. Um, <laughs> and if you're just tuning in and you haven't watched the uh, live broadcast of this, you may be a little bit confused with what's going on. Because I'm not sure how we're numbering these. Are these That's 101A, 101B? Uh, no, I think we'll just do uh, 100 and then 101 one, and then 102. Yeah, we'll just okay. keep going. Um, then what we're doing here is essentially um, we have... Um, a list of our best uh, clips, the best yeah. articles that we've most enjoyed doing or found the most fascinating, mm-hmm. and we are now revisiting them, although cursorily, as sort of a victory lap for having done 100 episodes. Right. The point of this uh, episode, special live broadcast Fandango, <laughs> is to uh, get through all of those clips, connect all of the dots without... Um, necessarily cheating the system we're trying to mm-hmm. connect a lot of the things that we've been to to prove that it can be done right. not because it's a smart idea the rule <laughs> as it stands is that we need to say at least enough about each article with the exception of silly things right. um to give you an idea of what the topic is yeah um and you of can't course, just say all right title of the article find the link all right next article here we go no. find the link we have to actually at least mention what it is because a lot of the things we come across are weird names weird (laughs) towns like things you wouldn't be able to look back up if you wanted to so we need to leave behind a sufficient trail of breadcrumbs of clues of context (laughs) to uh, move on to the next article having left that article with some uh, token recompense for getting us on our way right um so where we're currently at is Space Gun. We usually start our episodes with a random article and see where it takes us. However, in this instance, we are staying right where we are firmly and not going back because, oh my goodness, would that <laughs> lose us progress. Uh, additionally, it would defeat the whole purpose. So, yeah. um, uh, starting out on Space Gun. Yep. I think we, our best bet right now would be either... My Bob Barker or Hubble Ultra Deep Field. Because we're already at space. 
Space, yeah, Hubble Ultra Deep Field would be the easiest thing if there is, in fact, a mention of space as a concept in this article. And that is right. a big ask. Right. <laughs> yeah, you never know what you're going to get in uh, some of these articles. Sometimes you you're get like, laser, sometimes <laughs> you don't get laser. You're like, well, okay, there is a link to space. Outer space. Outer so, space. So there is that. So, um, could fairly easily get to, uh, Hubble Ultra Deep Field. Let's do it. But I mean, we gotta... Since we know we have a... Since we know we have a pretty standard in. Okay. We gotta go to space. We gotta go to organizations that observe space. Right. To NASA. To... Oh, look at that. There's a Hubble Ultra Deep Field right there underneath that picture. In, in space. <laughs> in, yeah, literally. You scroll... Go to outer space from right. the from space gun. Scroll down to the first picture of a bunch of galaxies on the right. And what's under that? Wow. Hubble Ultra Deep Field. We did it. <laughs> that was it. That yeah, was, that's we're on the roll this episode. Right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're cruising now. Yeah. All right. Well, obviously, okay, outer space... It's up there. It's where all the stars hang out. Have you ever been where there's nothing? Where you can't breathe? <laughs> where you feel no friction? <laughs> That's space. Have you ever gone so far into the atmosphere that you die? That is outer space. Have you? Has your head ever exploded for reasons not related to the immediately combustible? <laughs> That's space. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hul- Hubble Ultra Deep Field... This, ugh, still so incredible. Thousands of galaxies in one picture. It's a fantastic little blip into what space really can contain. A small picture, and like there's so much ten thousand galaxies variety. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing that's amazing too. It's like it's not just like a whole bunch of like the same thing over and over again it's like they're all very unique very, yeah every point of light has its own properties traits colors shape mm-hmm. and to think about how much variety that brings just of the stuff of just of star stuff that's that's <laughs> pretty crazy like some and, of these things are fine beams of light coming yeah. off of them others are you know foggy and dense and massive mm-hmm. and others still are tiny but very colorful and this is even just one small section of the, like a sliver of, you know, the full field of view of outer space. So it's pretty remarkable. I mean, granted, it is something that we focused the Hubble telescope on for about half a year, collecting all this light, just uh, right, yeah, letting it sit there and absorb. But you know that that. There is that much out there in that mm-hmm. little dense area. Makes you think that maybe the universe is expanding at an ever increasing rate, and maybe that's okay. Because <laughs> look at all that stuff. That's like yeah. a cubic centimeter <laughs> from where we're at. Now, some place to go from here. Oh, well. I think one of the best options we currently have is perhaps. Hydraulics. Okay, I could see. Mm-hmm. Now, 
it would be a bit of a jump, but I think NASA may have done something with hydraulics at some point. Okay. Um, alternatively, I don't know how the uh, Hubble Space Telescope moves, but maybe it has some hydraulic components to reposition the solar panels. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws here because, I mean... I don't know how we're going to get back down to Earth. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's nothing anywhere close to space in the rest of these articles, unfortunately. But, uh, let's see. Where is the link to NASA? I would have thought it'd be like the first two lines of the thing. You would think so, but maybe we need to go. NASA's uh, not actually in this article, I don't think. Oh, it is, it is a couple times. It's kind of. But hidden. is it linked? That I do not know. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay, how about the national. Nope. <laughs> okay, Hubble. The Hubble Space Telescope. We can go to that. Okay. That should help. Okay, Hubble Space Telescope. The source of the Hubble Ultra Deep Field. A space telescope that was launched into low Earth orbit in 1990 and remains in operation today. Though it's not the first tel space telescope we've had, it is one of the largest and the most versatile and is well known both as a vital research tool and a public relations boon for astronomy. Named after Professor Edwin Hubble, it is one of NASA's great observatories along with the Compton Gamma Ray Observatory, the Chandra X-Ray Observatory, and the Spitzer Space Telescope. Yeah, I gotta say, at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., there is an IMAX film about the Hubble telescope. It's in 3D and it takes you like inside of various galaxies and nebulas and stuff and it's pretty intense. And they talk about like repairing Hubble and like installing the new mirrors and everything and it's That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But they, they say that it's going to potentially be operational until 2030 or 2040. Not so bad. they're going to get their money's worth out of this sucker, which is good because it's probably been quite a bit of money they've sunk yeah, into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got NASA here. Shall we go to NASA? Yeah, let's, let's go to NASA. To see if maybe... <laughs> They have done something with hydraulics or with, you know, anything else. Okay, well, nothing specifically about hydraulics. Okay, but what else is in here? National uh, Aeronautics uh, and Space Administration, the independent agency of the executive branch of the United States federal government responsible for civilian space programs as well as aeronautics and aerospace research is of course what NASA is. Established by Dwight D. Eisenhower in 1958. Um, yeah. Um, don't quite know. I don't know. Did they, did they mention heroin in this article? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's see. No. Did they mention bird watching in this article for any reason? I mean, that's they're in the aerospace. About language. Mm -hmm. Did any of them play rugby at any point? <laughs> oh, man. It's tough. Okay, um, so... Hmm. <laughs> this, this might be a stretch. But if we go to Falcon 9, maybe we could get to birds. And then maybe okay. we could get to bird watching. Okay. I'm down for that. <laughs> Let's go. Falcon 9. I don't know what else to do. I mean, that's <laughs> true. Really, really kind of a, a discouraging thing. But hey, it's cool to talk about <laughs> SpaceX anyway, so why not? Always. Hydraulic, the word, is in this article. Oh, well, there we go. Doesn't lead us to anything. It's just the word. <sighs> Sorry. But uh, it could be in the main article about Falcon 9's first stage landing test because that's the, high, the heading under which that uh, okay. word is found. So about the Falcon 9, why is it important? Well, it's a family of two-stage orbit-to-launch vehicles named for its use of nine first-stage engines designed and manufactured by SpaceX. The Falcon 9 versions are both the uh, Falcon 9 version 1.0, 1.1, and current Falcon 9 full thrust, the former two being retired. Uh, the Falcon 9 full thrust is a partially reusable launch system. Both stages are powered by rockets that burn liquid oxygen and rocket-grade kerosene propellants. The first stage is designed to be reusable, where the second is not. Hmm. So they can lift up to payloads of 50,000 pounds to low Earth orbit and up to 18,000 pounds to geostationary transfer orbit. And SpaceX is the Elon Musk company, correct? That's right, yeah. So from there, um, I don't know where he went to school, but uh, he could give us some insight. We could go to SpaceX, Elon Musk, some sort, of, something to do with PayPal, something to do with computer programming, and eventually it's a LodgeBan, <laughs> I think. LodgeBan's a logical language, isn't it? Yeah. It's a computer language of some sort, I believe. Yes, it's human language based on predicate logic. So... That's when I'll come back to you. That could be an option. Also from here, um, hydraulics would be potentially available under where I saw them before. Falcon 9 for stage landing tests. Mm-hmm. Given that yeah. there are, you know, there is another article there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could maybe try, try that one. Unless, uh... We want to go to powered landing or autonomous spaceport drone ship for to, for the hydraulics. See if that comes up in any of those. Because it's all in the same section here. That's true. I don't think it would be powered landing, but I think that might be a good idea. Let's see what else there is. Let's just go to the uh, article because I think those both those links will both landing be. tests. Yeah. All right. Falcon 9 first stage landing tests. Uh, is that graph just choosing a the color white to be cheeky, or did they just not do any tests in 2011? <laughs> it looks like there's like negative tests. 
Yeah, like they whited out part of the bar at the bottom. That's crazy. There's not even it's not even no attempt. <laughs> no attempt will be great. Uh, but yeah, this is a series of controlled descent flight tests conducted by SpaceX between 2013 and 2016. And they were basically just trying to make sure that this thing actually could do what they were trying to get it to do. So, uh, let's see. The rocket's flight control surfaces had exhausted their supply during one of the test flights of this rocket, and that is what made the rocket land very harshly on the barge that it's supposed to land on. So if we could find something about the flight control, or flight uh, something. You'd think somewhere they would just say like, all right, this thing uses hydraulics to do things. Would it be under control? Well, there's nitrogen control thrusters, mm -hmm. which has a link to reaction control system. And since the contr flight controls were the hydraulic fluid mm. that leaked and ultimately caused the issue, then that might be where we want to go. Yeah, maybe. Um... Where is this? Uh, oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? A key problem with propulsive techniques is handling the fluid flow problems and attitude control of descent vehicle during the supersonic retropulsion phase. Fluid flow has link. Fluid flow sounds exactly like hydraulics. <laughs> well, that's where we're going. All right, let's try fluid flow. Takes us to fluid dynamics, which definitely sounds promising. And hydraulics link is in here, so let's rest easy. Oh, yeah. And talk about fluid dynamics for a second. All right. And so, yeah. You go, you go. Yeah, I, 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 I want to take a little, <laughs> little breather here. Uh, in physics and engineering, fluid dynamics is a subdiscipline of fluid mechanics that describes the flow of fluids, i.e. liquids and gases. It has several sub-disciplines, including aerodynamics and hydrodynamics. Um, fluid dynamics has a wide range of applications, including calculating forces and moments on aircraft, determining the mass flow rate of petroleum through pipelines, predicting weather patterns, understanding nebulae in interstellar space, and modeling fission weapon detonation. So, this is really just the whole like study of like how fluids work and and how like gas and liquids move and um, helps them to kind of predict things and how to read observations of what's going on. So, that being said. Let's get over to some hydraulics, shall we? Let's do it. Hydraulics, as I'm sure Eric and I both remember, is a technology and applied science using engineering, chemistry, and other sciences involving the mechanical properties and use of liquids and fluids. At a very basic level, hydraulics is the liquid version of pneumatics. Fluid mechanics provide 
the Theoretical Foundation for Hydraulics, which focuses on the applied engineering using the properties of fluids. In fluid power, hydraulics are used for the generation, control, and transmission of power by the use of pressurized liquids. Hmm. And, as we also remember, they had these in ancient Egypt. <laughs> so... It's not something not new. as yeah. Because if you think about it, the water wheel is uh, the, the the mill wheel, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's really a hydraulic system. Yeah. It's relying upon the movement of liquid across a surface to cause a reaction. Yep. So it's crazy to think about, but hydraulics are not the super sleek modern pistons you think of, but instead, you know stone aqueducts and uh, things of that nature. <laughs> Technically speaking, all hydraulics. Okay. Now, from hydraulics, I think it would be good to go to... Uh, I think we can get to either Simon the Cat or perhaps, depending on what's in this article, maybe even over to Snorri Sturluson or... <laughs> Yeah, Snorri Sturluson is going to be Norway, I believe. We can find Norway at any point. So that's the that's the real trick here is making the jump from um, hydraulics to language. Yeah. But doing so by way of uh, using very specific countries, which I don't see in this article. Yeah, um, let's see. Okay, maybe if we go to, like, water, we could maybe get to my Bob Barker. That's what I'm thinking. Could shoot for that again. Just go, just, just go, go big. Go water, and then... Uh, Try and figure it out from there. Water. Get to some oceans. Get to some ships. That's what we gotta do. So, water. <laughs> I'm not gonna... <laughs> I think do we you... can pass on this one. I think we might be getting to get away. <laughs> I think away. this is one of the uh, few articles that we can legitimately just be like, you know what? Not saying a word about it. <laughs> we've already described it to you. You know, you know what water is. Yeah, we literally just described water in the last hydraulic in the hydraulics. Right. Like you know, you know what water Colorless, is. odorless, tasteless, refreshing, natural, organic, range-free, GMO. Wait, I missed that. The point is water. <laughs> Now what we gotta find is things that sail on the water. Like oceans. Wait, oceans don't sail on the water. <laughs> they are made of water. We got boating. There is also ship transport. as an article oh, in here. Okay. International Convention for the Prevention of Pollution from Ships. Well, I, I think boats are probably our best bet. It is a boat, after all. Right. I'm not sure what the difference between a boat and a ship is, but apparently there is one. I guess boats are smaller. The point is, let's go to boats. All right, boat. What's all this about? Well, a boat is a watercraft or a large of a large range of sizes designed to float, plane, work, or travel on water. 
Small boats are typically found inland or in protected coastal areas. However, boats such as the whale boats were designed for operation from a ship in an offshore, an offshore environment. In naval terms, a boat is a vessel small enough to be carried aboard another vessel, which would be a ship. Right. Now, the question is, is my Bob Barker a boat or a ship? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking it's probably a ship. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's a ship. I feel like it would be a ship. So, let's go to ship. Not to be confused with ship. <laughs> a ship is a large watercraft that travels the world's oceans and other sufficiently deep waterways carrying passengers or goods or in support of specialized missions such as defense, research, and fishing. So you see things like container ships or oil ships, things of that nature. Those are ships, not boats. All right. We got a lot of uh, different... <clears throat> Um, topics or you know avenues here so that's good I'm trying to remember what it would have been Let's see my Bob Barker was it's definitely some kind of like anti something like, like a Greenpeace kind of thing right that wasn't how it started out but maybe we want to do Ooh, types of ships maybe maybe there's something in here <clears throat> I'm trying to think I want to say that it's a high, the Maya Bob Barker was a high speed vessel if I'm not mistaken but I can't remember well there's high speed craft on here I don't know maybe it's almost easier to go to Bob Barker through Bob Barker <laughs> then it's to go through it through the entirety of all ships ever made. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we've been going about this all wrong. Maybe we just gotta find a famous person or find television or something. Well, I think it was. It's definitely like a Greenpeace ship. It used to be like, didn't it used to be a whaling ship or something? And then they took it over to something like that. Prove a point. There's a link to Greenpeace. So I mean. Give it a shot. There is also lists of ships. Wait, list of ships? Yeah. Lists of ships. So it's more than it's like a list of lists, I guess. Lists of ships. <laughs> Alright. No, we're gonna go. Lists of ships. <laughs> lists of ships. If it's not in this lists of ships, then I don't know what they're even doing. Um Ship launches by year. If we can remember what year it launched, I guess. Or commissioned or decommissioned. Um, 1950. <laughs> companies. Naval. Country. There's a list of United States Navy ships, but it wasn't part of the Navy. What is my MY is Malaysia? What flag is that? There's also um, sailing yachts, sailing vessels. List of tall ships. I don't know if Bob Barker was a tall ship. 
It was more of an average height <laughs> ship, if I recall correctly. Um, was it an icebreaker? Maybe. Could be a Liberty ship. <laughs> ship launches by year. We're gonna just go for it. Yeah. It had to be pretty recent, right? Category lists of ship launches. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> a lot of options here. Might even say you have all the options. From 1665 all the way up to 2017. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, this be a shot in the dark. Unless we, like, look up what Bob Bark, my Bob Barker the year was. Is that cheating, or should we just cut our losses and leave and go to something else? Oh... Uh, We'll we'll pick a year, and then if it's not that year, then we'll just move on, and we'll try to find a different avenue. I think that's the only thing that's that's fair. Um, was it maybe the eighties? Do you think? I feel like it was a modern ship of some sort. Let's try nineteen eighty-five. That was a good year. Yeah, it's Back to the Future year, right? Yeah, let's do that. I don't have any idea, so... <laughs> List of ship launches in 1985. <sighs> so... Just, I mean, this is just a list of ships. Um, it is a list of ships that were launched in 1985. So I guess we'll just have to go to one of these, or... We'll just go to United States, look for... Mm-hmm. Television, United States. <laughs> for prices, right? Yeah, we're going to the United States. We're going. We're doing that. The United States is uh, America. And it's the states that were united used to be belong to Britain, but then we were like, nah. That's the United States. In Russia. Yeah, if you don't know what the United States are, um, we can't help you. Yeah. Here, with a lot of things. Um, if you don't know what the United States are, really, you probably. I'm surprised that you found this podcast, to be honest. Although you wouldn't be the first. We've had we've had numerous people from all over the world, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure they at least know of the United States. Exactly. To be listening to an English language podcast. Yep. There's a couple um, of countries where that might come from. <laughs> uh, okay, now that we are in the United States... Where do we want to uh, go? Cinema, media, somewhere. Just try to find... Oh, wait. What? Is the prices right on CBS? Yes, sir. All right. We got a Columbia Broadcasting System link. What? Under media. Immediately. Yep. yep. There's only four. All right. So CBS, which has brought you many, many good things. Um, it's a... American TV station, and um, they have a lot of good shows. They do. Have had over the years. Don't necessarily have all of them right now. Yeah. But they are one of the four major broadcasters in the United States. It's everywhere in the United States. It's, uh, you know, pretty big deal, CBS. Yep, they have had uh, soap operas like The Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, 
They've had game shows like Let's Make a Deal and The Price is Right. And right now they have late night shows uh, with Stephen Colbert and James Corden. So Fine choices if I do say so myself. Oh, we don't even have to go to Price is Right. There is a link to Bob Barker in this episode. <laughs> in this what, article. Wow. wow, okay, all right. Where now, is, is there a link from... Bob Barker to my Bob Barker. There is. That's how we got there That's perfect. Okay, great. Bob Barker, who hosted The Price is Right for a very respectable 35 years, Mm -hmm. which he's also, of course, best known for doing. Still around, kicking around at age 93 because he retired very late in the game, so to speak. Uh, he is uh, somebody who is an advocate for animal rights mm-hmm. and supports groups such as the United Activists for Animal Rights and the Sea Shepherd Conservation <laughs> Society. Yep, and they announced in 2010 that they had secretly purchased and outfitted a ship to interdict or in- interdict? Interdict? I don't know. Japanese whaling operations in the Southern Ocean using $5 million provided by Barker. The ship was then named My Bob Barker. And its existence was first revealed when it helped discover the location of the Japanese whaling fleet. In 2010, Barker began funding the cost of a helicopter named the Nancy Burnett. After the president of United Activists for Animal Rights, the helicopter accompanies the society's fleet. So... There you go. There's a ship named after him that runs around finding whalers and dispatching them in some some way. Prevents them from whaling the whales. Yep. Whales them back. It's a whale of a good time. So now we can go to, finally at long last, my Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that we're in ships again, we should probably bounce back and grab Simon the Cat while we are here. If that is, in fact, where <laughs> Simon the Cat is from. Um, yeah. I'm going to use my all-knowing powers to determine where how we got to Simon the Cat last time. Yeah, that was that's probably a pretty good idea. I can verify through my own version of uh, all-knowing powers that... He is a naval-related cat, so we do know we did remember that correctly. My all-knowing powers are cool. <laughs> that's that's about it. But this shouldn't be too hard to do. I mean, in my Bob Barker, there is also the. Okay. Well, yeah, we we can get to Simon the cat from ships if we want to meander back to ships. Can we meander back to ships from here, Eric? <laughs> That's a good question. Because even though the ship, the word ship appears in the article, doesn't necessarily mean that any of them it. are links. <laughs> There's many ships, but no links. Ships, ships everywhere, oh. but not a link. What to about click. down? Uh, there's well, there are categories. I don't know. Categories? I, I mean, it's the, a, if it's a link to it's, something... It's one of those uh, at the very bottom of the bottom things. If we could go to whaling ships? Yeah. From here? 
That would work. Then we can at least get to a ship. Yes. All right. So, the whaling ships. Um, this is a category, so it's kind of a strange thing. So it's a little weird, yeah, but, you know. All right. So, let's just pick one of these. Let's um, look at one that has a ship in the uh, parentheses. Actually, we can go to ships by type. Let's go maybe to an HMS because I think it Double was up on it. I think it was a British ship that had Simon yeah. the cat. So we can get so to his his royal if we, yeah. Yeah. It was we, a World War 2 cat too, I believe. Yeah. Cuz they had the the dick in metal that mm-hmm. was for animals and um there, the sh- Simon the cat was a ship's cat, so you know. I don't see a very this... recent ship in this list, probably because we're in a list of whaling ships, and the United <laughs> Kingdom thought better of itself to embark on such ventures by a certain point in time. Yeah. That being said, HMS Foxhound sounds promising. Ah, yeah, I like that. Let's go, HMS Foxhound. The British Royal Navy captured this ship. It was originally from the French Navy. It was the uh, French Navy's brig Basque, which was launched in 1809, and then the British Navy captured it and took it into service as a 16-gun sloop. (laughs) So uh, after the Navy sold her in 1816, she made some 10 or 11 whaling voyages between 1817 and 1848. So, uh, we could go to Royal Navy. Royal Navy. I think that could be promising. Royal Navy. Then we might find, like, a... Actually, if we could find Dickin Metal. That would be superb. No. Okay. Or, okay, there's not even a list of metals. I checked the words. The word metal doesn't even appear in the article. There are uh, ranks, insignia, um, um, customs and traditions of the Royal Navy? Maybe. I think that's our best bet at this hey, point. Hey, 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 okay. We'll try. <laughs> Why does it seem like... All the, each time. Every time we're like, oh, we got this in the bag. And then it's just drift further and further away. It's, it's just really hard. It just hard. feels like the mummy all over again. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting to note. There are many customs associated with the Navy. However, uh, Winston Churchill probably never dismissed the customs of the Royal Navy as, quote, nothing but rum, sodomy, and lash, end quote. <laughs> No citation, but notice the way the sentence is phrased. Winston Churchill probably never dismissed the customs of the Royal Navy as such. That is how that is written. So, uh, yeah, I feel like they're referencing something that was never stated in the first place. But also, perhaps, could be. (sighs) Don't forget our Monday Okay, maybe we need to go in a different re- different way. I have found a 
From this article, we can of course go to the series on Her Majesty's Naval Service. Could also be that I was completely wrong. Maybe it's uh, the United States. <laughs> that could be. I don't know. No, I don't think that's something we would do. Do you? I don't know. Personally, I think we need to go back to Her Majesty's Naval Service. Okay. And um, then from there, if anything, go further up. Okay. See, the Royal Navy is different from Her Majesty's Naval Service. That's yeah. the overarching term. And then the other things are underneath. The Royal Navy is a branch of Her Majesty's Naval Service. So uh, HMS so where, is where that comes from. Where is that? The very bottom. The, the big box at the very bottom of the page. Oh, it is again. Yes, a huge war chest of ways for us <laughs> to cheat the system to our favor. Okay. Her Majesty's Naval Service. Yeah, maybe it is that like the Royal Navy just didn't have it. Perhaps not. Maybe it was a different thing altogether. Okay, let's see. So, to be clear... Her Majesty's Naval Service, also known as the Senior Service, is the United Kingdom's Naval Warfare and Maritime Service, consisting both of not just the Navy, but also the Marines and the Naval Car Careers Service, as well as the Royal Marines Band Service and Queen Alexandra's Royal Naval Nursing Service. Was there a Queen Alexandra? When did that happen? <laughs> um, not seeing the word metal I'm not seeing anything indeed not might have to cut our losses and just try to find another way um, I don't know the more I'm thinking about it the more I'm thinking the dick and metal was an American thing maybe I'm not sure how to get where we want to go but you know what while we're here why don't we take a little sidebar over to the United Kingdom go to Westminster School uh, okay let's completely pivot there away from this let's okay. do a little, yeah we need a little, little, little clear our heads in. yeah yeah let's just walk away let's walk away <laughs> <laughs> all right so United Kingdom and if you don't know what this country is, then you also should maybe do some stuff. <laughs> Serious thinking about your life. I don't know. This is one of the major countries that everybody knows about. Um, now, if I recall correctly, and I think I do, Westminster uh, Abbey is where the Westminster School is housed. Under the religion section of the article on the United Kingdom, as rightly it should be, there is a direct link to the Westminster Abbey. From there, we should be able to get to the school, which is on the same grounds. I believe we can. Westminster Abbey okay. is England's baby Notre Dame. 
formerly titled the Collegiate Church of St. Peter at Westminster. It is a large, mainly Gothic abbey church in the city of Westminster, London, just to the west of the Palace of Westminster. You know, where the Queen sleeps. <laughs> it is one of the United Kingdom's most notable religious buildings and the traditional place of coronation and burial site for English and later British monarchs. Schools. Westminster School. Hey, right there. there we go. And this is that lovely school with the odd tradition of people grabbing pancakes from each other. Big, giant pancakes. <laughs> where you can see people's fighting for it. And a set of scales determines the winner. <laughs> Yep, everybody grabs at the pancake and then they lay it on the scale and like, all right, who got more of the pancake? That's the uh, that's the name of the um, of the uh, game. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> people <laughs> in very prestigious robes stand at the wall and look on, saying, "Yep, we can do this. We too, one day, <laughs> fought over a pancake." <laughs> the picture of it is just so strange because it's like you have all these proper people watching a mosh pit over a pancake yeah and it's (laughs) like people like a whole bunch of kids and just random like normal clothes you know shorts and t-shirts and everything fighting over a pancake literally what i've seen people wear to concerts where they intend on moshing (laughs) with each other so that's why i just like see this and i see like these these proper british men watching a metal concert is what i see I feel like I remember there was also some other weird thing with, like... The school is high and low schools. The higher educated kids are on one side of the school. The lower educated kids are on another. They used to actually be separate schools, but they have since created connecting buildings to them. Now, the schools are still sometimes separated by way of them... They used to, like, draw a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't actually have the building separated anymore, but they still felt it necessary to create some kind of illusion of separation, yeah. so they just drew a curtain <laughs> through the lobby. Hmm. So, we've made it. Right. Made it to Westminster School. Before we go away from here, let's see what we can't get. Yeah, let's see if we can get one more just to beat uh, last episode. Okay. Um, let's see. What can we get to? There is rugby. There is rugby? Rugby is Ooh. in this article. All right. Let's do it. All right. It takes us to rugby school, which obviously we can get to rugby pretty quick quickly from there because rugby school was the birthplace of rugby football which is what we want however rugby school is not simply a school where they teach you how to play rugby it is a school in the town of <sighs> rugby which is in <laughs> Warwickshire. Fo- rugby football yes yeah. it is one of the oldest independent schools in britain it is its re-establishment by thomas arnold during his time as headmaster from 1828 to 1841 was seen as the forerunner of the victorian public school it is one of the original seven English schools defined by the Public Schools Act of 1868, and total enrollment of day pupils from forms uh, 4 to 12, numbers around 800. And it's the birthplace of rugby football. 
which is where we'll go. Rugby football. I forget. Did, did we figure this one out? Well, this one's more just like football, really, except they're they're manly enough to hit each other without shoulder pads. Oh, but they had that weird formation thing that they do. They do a very a odd scrum. formation, like the scrum. The scrum. Yeah, they. Everybody has to like link up, link heads and arms and underneath like each a, other. A and weird just like crawl around the field like a giant linked crab. Yeah. Pardon the image, but it's almost like a human centipede kind of. It um uh yeah it really <laughs> is though, like there's no good way to do it other than that. Yeah. And then there is the rugby football union. Is that the same thing? Yeah, rugby. Or wait, no. The article we need to go to is rugby union because this is rugby football. Union. I guess rub rugby union is a different thing. All right, so let's go to Rugby Union. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and the rugby f football is like, looks like a regular American football. Like it has that oblong shape to Very it. Very similar. A little pointier yeah. uh, ours is, but theirs is still still pretty pretty much the same. Rugby Union is not rugby football, but is instead the thing that we commonly know as rugby, oh. uh, which is still weird. It's one of the two codes of rugby football, but this is the one that is, you know, actually done mm. most commonly throughout the world, differentiating itself uh, by way of having two teams of 15 players and there being H-shaped goalposts on each try line. So, it was, yeah, 1845 was when the first football laws were written by rugby school pupils. And, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, this, uh, let's see. I feel like maybe this wasn't the article that we got to before. I, I remember there being some interesting pictures and stuff. Well, there still are. Don't shortchange oh, yeah, yeah. yourself. <laughs> There's still that scrum. There's still the scrum. A German playing Belgium. That one was, I think. No, maybe. You can see. I remember the oh, picture oh, of the Argentine team. Yeah, the Argentine team. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Torino de la Herba. <laughs> that one, like all the stripes and colors. Yeah. Very colorful game. This. Mhm. Mm oh, the one guy's just got his legs fully extended. And of course, we know that there are. Uh, we were lamenting, I believe, how there is, in fact, a official union membership uh, for rugby in the United States, and we just had no <laughs> clue at all about that. Yeah. But it's here, and it's an official one. We do it. We play it. Yeah. There's an interesting issue of a giant rugby ball amidst, stranded amidst the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> celebrating the uh, 2007 World Cup hmm. for rugby, not to be confused with the World Cup for soccer. Right. We've got through five articles this time. It's uh, not too bad. That's respectable. We're little, almost halfway there. So, yeah, we're uh, pushing on. Um... So, yeah, I guess that'll be, uh, this is the end of part two. Please turn the tape over.
<laughs> next week and find part three or of yeah probably part three continued <laughs> um, adventures and clip show yes yeah 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 we'll, we'll we'll find a way to describe yeah. it in the other episodes probably yeah. uh, I'm actually going to stop the recording and start a new one. Make it easier myself, I think. Mm.